Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Proverbs chapter 4. We want to read from verse number 23. Proverbs 4, reading from verse number 23, the Bible says, Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it springs the issue of life. So keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it springs the issue of life. Now from this verse of the Bible, the Bible is telling us to protect our hearts. It's asking us that we should not expose our hearts to dangerous or negative influence. Why is the Lord saying that? Why is it that the Lord is asking you to be able to protect and to diligently make, it, make, make every effort to make sure that your heart is well protected? The reason is because out of that heart, out of your mind, out of, your, out of the innermost part of your heart, that is where the wellspring of life, that is where it comes from. That is where what you find is that how your life turns out, the direction in which you travel in life, the function of how successful you become in life is a function of what is going on inside of your heart. In other words, if there is an unrest, if there is a battle going on inside your heart, if there is a lot of issues going on inside your heart, if there is a lot of you know a lot of confusion, a lot of uh, a lot of unrest inside that heart, it is going to be very difficult for that heart to be able to move forward. And I can tell you today that there is a battle that every living person on earth today, whether Christian or not Christian, they are fighting a particular battle. And this battle occurs inside the heart of every man. And it manifests itself in two different ways. Though the battle manifests in two different ways, what you find is that the influence or the impact of those two battles, they have effect, they are related. Those impacts are related. Though the battles that we are fighting in every heart is different, the effect of the battles on the life of the individual's concern is also related. And the way you fight one battle determines how the results of how you, of how you are going to fight and win the second battles that you are fighting in, in, in your life. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the battle that is going on inside the mind and the hearts of everyone that is present here today. Whether you are Christian or you are not a Christian. Those listening to us everywhere. You will find out that there is a battle that is going on. There is a battle for the mind. And there is a battle of the mind. We will go ahead and we will discuss the details. We will discuss each of them uh, individually. But I want you to know that everyone who is on the face of the earth today. They have this particular battle going on. The battle for their mind, for their hearts and mind. And the battle of their own individual hearts. Okay, And you will see that the battle for the mind and the battle of the mind, these two battles, like I said, they occur inside the mind, but they are different in nature. They are different in their impact. They are different in the way they relate to us. And they are different in the way they, the, the results that they produce in every life. And when I say the battle of the mind, what am I talking about? I'm talking about the fact that the battle of the mind is the, is the quest for an outside influence to control the thoughts and the actions of our hearts. In other words, when you say there is a battle for the mind, we are saying that there is a particular force out there 
that wants to be able to control the way you think and the way you act, the way you respond. They want to control the way you see life. That is the battle for the mind. And you will see that in that particular battle, there is always the good influence and the negative influence. Paul the apostle had the same concern for the Christians in his own day. If you read the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 2 Corinthians 11, reading from verse number 3, Paul the apostle expressed this particular concern. He said, but I fear, lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. In other words, Paul was saying, that the openness or the open-mindedness of the of the of the of the Corinthian of the Corinthian Christian is at you know is give is exposing them to a danger that there are some who might want to be able to corrupt their mind. And the intention of the corruption is to be able to sway them away from the things of God. So we are saying in essence that when you look at the mind of everyone that is present, the influence that you expose your mind to will determine the direction that you will go. So the interesting thing is that the concern of Paul in those days, the concern of Paul for the Corinthian church is the same concern that the Lord still has for his church today. Satan is still seeking for ways to influence and to control what we think and how we think. Okay, And the fight for that control is what is going on inside the heart of every man. And that fight, that particular fight for the control of the heart of man is the essence of the battle for the mind. Okay? The fight to control what is going on inside the heart of men is the battle for the mind. Is what we refer to. Is what the battle of the mind is all about. In other words, somebody is coming and they are trying to tell you, this is the way you should think. These are the things you should pay attention to. And we see that every day. We might not be paying attention, but there are forces that want to tell you what to think and how to think. That is what I refer to as the battle for the mind. The interesting thing is that this battle does not discriminate whether you are Christian or you are not a Christian. Christians are not exempted from this particular battle that we are talking about. Even Christians are the main target because you are the one that have committed your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the enemy is trying everything possible to sway you away from that particular commitment. The other aspect of the battle that we are talking about this morning is the battle of the mind. There is a battle for the mind. The battle by outside forces to control. And then there is a battle of the mind. And the battle of the mind, what are we talking about? The battle of the mind on the other hand is the internal conflicts. The internal struggles that goes on within the heart of every individual. In other words, as we are sitting down here right now, there are so many, there are so many things that are crossing our mind. There are those who are wondering, how am I going to survive my office tomorrow? There are those who are wondering, how am I going to take care of my children? There are those who are wondering, how am I going to deal with this particular family member? There are people who are taking all sorts of thoughts are going on. There are so many internal conflict that is going on in every individual heart. That is the battle of the mind. That is the thing that you and I are dealing with. Whether you are rich or poor, whether you are young or old, you have your own issues inside your heart that you are dealing with. Okay? And that is the battle of the mind. The internal conflict and struggle that goes on within the heart and mind of individuals. The battle of the mind is the response to the day-to-day challenges that you face. When all of a sudden you wake up in the morning... And you go to the car you are supposed to go to work. You turn on the car and the thing refuses to start. How do you respond to it? You wake up in the morning, you think that there's food in the pantry. You open the place and the place is empty. How do you respond to it? 
You wake up in the morning and you go to your, your child or your daughter's room and you, oh, you touch that particular daughter and she's running high fever. How do you respond to it? You get to work and your, your, your boss is telling you you are supposed to take the day off. He said, no, I want, you to back, I want you back at work the following day. How do you respond to it? These are the issues that we're dealing with. How do you respond to fear? How do you respond to insecurity? How do you respond to conflict? How do you respond to depression? How do you re- respond to the things that life throws at you? Those are the battle of the mind. The battle that the enemy was trying to do is another. The first battle is the enemy trying to control your mind. The second battle is how do you control that mind? So the battle of the mind is response to the day-to-day challenges we face and how the mind handles those everyday issues. Now there is a difference between those two battles. The battle of the battle for the mind is external, something coming from the outside trying to control. The battle of the mind is internal. What is going on inside of your own heart? I don't know whether you have ever met somebody where you just ask them a question. You just say, how are you doing? And they open up channel 7 for you. And they start talking. They start telling you what is going on. You only All you ask was, how is things going? And they have an opportunity to open up and tell you what is going on inside. That tells you there is a, there is a storm raging inside. And they are simply looking for an outlet. There are some people where you go to work, only one simple question, where did you place that file? And they will flare up. Why do you think everybody's talking to me like this? And nobody's respecting me here. Nobody values my work. And all the question you asked was, where is the file? So the issue is that it is not, what we're saying is that there are two types of battles. The ones that are coming from the outside and the one that is going on inside of you. And the difference is, one of them is external, the other one is internal. The second one is the battle of the mind. Is your mind responding and dealing with your daily challenges? The battle for the mind, the, 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 the battle of the, uh, for the mind is the external forces trying to control what you're doing. Now, the distinctions are important. Because how you deal with the daily challenges of life, how you deal with the disappointments, how you deal with the fears of life, how you deal with the things that life throws at you is a function of what is your heart is exposed to. The function of the influence that controls your heart. Okay? In other words, how you respond to the daily challenges and the conflict of life depends on the major influences that is controlling your heart. If your mind is exposed to the influence of the Holy Spirit, and then you face a particular challenge, what you will find is that you are going to respond based on the leading of the Holy Spirit. That is, if your mind is exposed to it. But if your mind is exposed to something else, if your mind is exposed to another philosophy, if your mind is exposed to the the chaos of this world, you will respond accordingly. If the Lord Father, if, the, if our Lord Jesus Christ, if the, if the God of the Bible, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ is the dominating influence in your life. And that is where you put your faith. That is where you release yourself to every day. When issues of life shows up, when the storms of life shows up, what happened? You call on that God. But if something else is what you are putting your attention to, if something else is what you are controlling, is what is controlling your heart. If your heart is controlled by what is seen in the media or what is seen in the public square or the chaos that is going on around us, when troubles of life come, what happens? You will do what those suggested, what those influence, what they suggest to you. That is what you are going to do. So you find the response of life is a function of the dominating influence in your life. So how you deal with your daily challenges, how you deal with the things that life throws at you, depends on who is having influence on your heart. Because if the right influence is there, you will respond rightly. 
If the wrong influence is there, you will respond wrongly. And that is why there is a heavy case of mental, of mental health going on in our community today. Because the hearts of men, the hearts of children are now being influenced. There is a battle for their mind. And unfortunately, many of them are losing that battle. Because they have allowed all sorts of things to crowd out or to push out the spirit of the almighty God from their individual heart. So some of you might be wondering, why are we talking about all this this morning? Why are we talking about the difference between the battle of the mind and the battle of the mind? Why? We are talking about this because how far you will travel in life. The kind of success you are going to record. Your relationship with the almighty God. How well you are going to be able to live your life is a function of the condition of your heart. Is a function of the condition of your heart. If your heart is at rest, you will find peace around you. If your heart is not at rest, it will be extremely difficult for you to be able to move forward. Because as long as you are distracted, as long as your mind is all over the place, you will not be able to focus and do what God has commissioned you to do. So how far you travel in life is a function of the condition of your heart. Our victory over the challenges of life depends heavily on what is going on inside of you. How can you speak peace into the life of an individual when you yourself don't even know the peace of God? How can you be able to minister grace to somebody when grace is alien to you? How can you be able to do the things that you are supposed to do to be able to bring life, to be able to breathe life into a situation when you yourself are experiencing death within? How can you tell somebody to be strong when there is fear inside of you? How can you tell somebody that yes, they are secure in Christ when insecurity is your own experience? How can you move forward when there is chaos inside of you? And that is why the Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs 23. Reading from verse number 7, the Bible says, For as a man thinks, so, so is he. In other words, what is going on inside of your heart is a reflection of what you are going to become. In other words, the Bible is telling us the direction of your life, the walk, your walk with the Lord, your future success in life is a function of what is going on inside of your heart. And anyone who controls what is going on in your heart controls your future. Any power that controls what is going on in your heart controls the direction that your life will go. Anyone who controls how you think and what you think controls your future. And that is why you see a lot of people trying to be like the movie star, trying to be like the sports personality, trying to be like the figures that they see on TV because they are the thing, those are the controlling influence in their lives. And as long as those images are there, what you are going to find is that you are going to try to fashion yourself after those images. Why is that? Why is that? Why does the man who controls the, controls the mind of an individual, why does that person control the future of a person? Look at the book of Mark chapter 22. Mark chapter 22, reading from verse number 37, the Bible tells us, Jesus replied to him and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Why is Jesus saying this? The, the reason Jesus is saying this is because the mind, your heart and your mind, is what makes it possible for you to obey. Obedience is possible because of your mind. We may obey God through the exercise of our mind. When I tell people, some people say love is blind. Yes, but love is not just, love is a decision. A decision of the will. You decide to love something and you decide to hate something. It is the, the, the reason why somebody is able to control your future, if it controls your mind, is because your mind makes obedience possible. 
Number two, your mind makes change possible. If you make up your mind that you want to change, you change. If you make up your mind that this is the situation I cannot change, you will not be able to change. No matter how we preach, no matter how we tell you, no matter the amount of slideshow that you see, no matter the amount of crusade you go, until the change begins to take place in the heart, nothing changes. Nothing changes. So the man that controls what you think, the man that controls what you, how you think, is the man that controls your future. And the reason is because, number one, mind, the mind makes obedience possible, the mind makes change possible, the mind makes decisions possible. When the man makes up his mind that this is what I want to do, he decides in his heart that this is what I want to do, then he goes out and do it. If your mind agrees on something, your body follows. But if your mind does not agree with something, it is very difficult for you to motivate your body to move. And that is why the heart is very, very important. The mind makes decision possible. And finally, the mind makes victory possible. If you believe you are a winner, if you see the victory inside your heart, then you begin to live a life of victory. But if you see defeat in your life, if you, if you begin to see the defeat inside your spirit, you will not, no matter how you try to talk victory, defeat will be the result. We take charge of our lives through the control of our minds. So the man that controls your mind, the man that controls your future, is a man that is able to speak directly into your heart. And that that is because your heart is where obedience takes place. Your heart is where change takes place. Your heart is where decisions are made. Your heart is where victory is possible. So you see, the man that controls that heart is the one that controls that future. And because your mind is the seat of and, the, and is the seat of your will and your intellect, that is why it is very important. Your mind controls your decision-making ability. Your mind shapes the direction of your future. In other words, you, your, our minds determine who we are. What goes on inside your mind determines who you are. That's why God is interested in your heart. That's why the devil is also interested in your heart. Okay. Because God knows if I'm able to reach this heart, if I'm able to minister directly to your heart, I can get you to begin to live a life that glorifies me. The devil also knows if I can mess with this mind, if I can begin to cause them to doubt the word of God, if I can begin to cause them to be able to look at the word of God and to suspect it not to be true to me, it is possible for me to get them to sway away from the kingdom of God. And that was what Paul was talking about in that book of 1 Corinthians. So the point we are making is, God is interested in your heart because it determines who you are. And the devil also knows the same thing. And because, the central, because of the central role of the heart and mind in shaping of the future, that is why we are talking about it this morning. Because we are drawing to the end of another year. In the next week will be the first month of October. If you want to see the realization of the promises and the fulfillment of the word of God, you will have to do something that you have not done before. You will have to change your mind. You will have to begin to do something about your mind so that you can be, you know, that you can become what it's supposed to be. And so for the next couple of weeks, we are going to be talking a closer look at each of these battles. But today we are starting and looking at the battle for the hearts. The battle for the hearts and the minds of men. Let me start by saying that the hearts and the mind that is not controlled by God The heart and the mind that is not under the influence of the Holy Spirit. That heart will have difficulty winning the battles of life. That heart will have difficulty. Because there will be trouble in this world. 
There will be all sorts of things that the enemy will throw at us. But unless that mind is controlled, that's why Jesus Christ said, let not your heart be troubled. He said, believe in me, believe, believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. In other words, Jesus is saying, unless your heart is stayed on me, that's what the book of Isaiah said. He said, the mind, he said, he will be, he said, he will, he will give them peace whose heart is stayed on him. If your heart is not stayed on God, winning the battles of life will be extremely difficult. So you see, most of the issues of life, the reason is because most of the issues of the life, most of the issues of life, they, ask, they stem from two things. Number one, they stem from people not thinking through issues. Okay? Many have developed the capacity, you know, many have not developed the capacity to evaluate issues objectively. And when we do evaluate issues, when we do think about issues, we think about things from a wrong and a false pretext. That's the two things. That's what causes problems for most people. We don't think of issues critically. And when we do, we use the false pretense. For a typical example, somebody wakes up in the morning. Maybe he has been having difficulty with his wife. He just argued with his wife. And then by the time he gets to work, he's still trying to process the issue that is going on at work. And then somebody walks to him and asks him a question. And then he responds, not in, in his usual fashion. Maybe he responds you know, in a downcasted way. Or he responds in a way that is, true, that is short. What you find is that the other person looks and says, what's wrong with him? Why is he angry at me? But the issue is that he's not angry at you. He has his own issues going on in his own life. And because of the issues that is going on in his own life, that's how he responded to you. You will now find out that you are responding to that issue from a wrong premise. And if you continue to act towards that man the same way, you will find out that you will strain that relationship that has nothing to do with you. And they say the same problem in the church. Somebody looks at you and says, what is going on with me? Or somebody responding in a way or speaking in a certain way. You say, why is this person doing this like this? Sometimes the issue is not you. Sometimes that person has their own package that they are carrying around. And unless we are able to think critically, unless we are able to remove the false premise, there is a strong tendency that we may end up, to, you know, we may end up being held in captive in our minds. Because you look at the person and say, why does this person doesn't like me? Why is that this sister doesn't like me? Why is that this brother doesn't like me? And in the process, you now take that particular false assumption, you project it into their behavior, you project it into your attitude toward that person, and you spoil that relationship. So the main problems that we find in life is as a result of people not thinking critically or people thinking and using the wrong premise. And when you operate from those two, from those two platforms, what you will find is that you are in danger of your mind being held in captive. And what I mean by that is that we claim to be free. Look at it in this society. We all claim to be free. And if our, de- if our thinking is defective based on those two things that we just talked about, what we find is that we are in danger of being told what to think. Because you see, somebody tells you, look at how that sister, to- look at how that brother talked to you. Look at how that sister talked to you. Look at how that manager talked to you. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with him. I don't know why he doesn't like me. I don't know why- Before you know what's happening, you are acting against somebody without even knowing all the facts. And your mind becomes poisoned against that individual. That relationship becomes poor. And we see that not just in interpersonal relationships, but even in the larger society. That is what is going on in our culture today. We are told that we are free, but we are to- but, if, but if we try to think in a way that is different from an acceptable way of thinking, we are called names. You are called that you are, you are labeled as a bigot. You are called as intolerant. You are ostracized just because you think differently. Okay. And as a result, everybody now thinks they are acceptable thoughts. A typical example is what is going on in our political system. Where the media tells you this is the person, is a terrible person. And without even knowing that person, 
without ever having a relationship with that person, we all form an opinion and we say this person is a terrible person, and everybody starts, you know, everybody starts castigating, you know, starts speaking up and speaking of that person in a bad light without even knowing anything about that person. And the media police will tell you what to think and how to think. Okay? And this is not just happening in the larger culture, it's happening inside the church. You cannot tell people in the church anymore that they are wrong. You cannot tell them that they have sins in their life. You cannot tell them that they should repent anymore. Why? If you do that, you have offended and the trouble starts. So, there is a church that we are in danger as a church. We are in danger and we are in danger as a, as, a, as, a, as a people of God of having our thoughts being controlled and being manipulated. And there are forces out there that are working to control and to dictate what we think as a church or what we think as individual. And the question is, how do you maintain the freedom of your mind? How do you do it? How do you maintain and make sure that the influence that is going on in the community, the influence that is going on in our society, the influence of the media, the influence of the education, the influence of the political system, how do you make sure that that influence does not corrupt your mind? How do you fight and win the battle for the mind? Now before I go into that fighting of the battle of the mind, I want to share with you why you must fight for the battle for your own mind. Why you must fight for your own heart. Why you must fight as a believer for your own mind. If you look at the book of 2 Corinthians, reading from verse number, chapter 10, reading from verse number 3, the Bible says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Say, for the weapon of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God to, for pulling down stronghold, casting down imagination and, high, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Why must you fight for your own mind? Why? Number one reason why you must fight for your own mind is because in our culture today, there is what is called a systematic indoctrination. Systematic indoctrination. There is a process in place in our culture of teaching us, specifically our children, to accept a set of belief on you know, without without question. There are certain things that we, they want us to believe, and if you don't believe those things, you are considered to be one of those outcasts. You are considered to be one of those one of those freaky people. If you watch your television, you will see that the experts are telling us how to eat, what to eat, how to dress, who to accept, who to avoid, and even they are telling us basically who to you know how to think. Because if you dress in a certain way, they tell you this is not the best way to do it. A civilized person should not behave like this. A civilized person should not associate with this. You know, they are basically indoctrinating us and they are asking us not to even ask the question. That is why you must fight for your own heart. And you will see this example in the political in the political arena. You will see a typical example in the political arena. You see a particular politician come onto the stage and drops what he knows to be a lie. He will say it about his opponent, and the media will go ahead and they will be they will be they will be clapping for that for that lie that they know that that man has told. When that when that when that when the when the media start doing that thing, they start pushing it in the news, pushing it everywhere, and then people like me, people like you, will start to question the character of that individual based on the lie that was propagated by the opponent. So you find out that the systematic indoctrination that is going on in our culture, if you as a believer, is not, if you don't guard your heart, you will find that you will be sucked in into that indoctrination. Number two, why must you fight? You must fight because of what is called discouragement of individuality. Gone are the days when individuals are celebrated. Gone are the days when the way... 
Gone are the days when the difference of opinion was the hallmark of our society. Gone are the days when our universities encouraged diversities of opinion. But today, if you have ever been in a university environment, you will find out that if your opinion differs from that of your professor, you are in trouble. If you express an opinion that is not the straight, that is not the mainstream opinion, what you find is that you are going to be in danger of failing a particular class. And that is why if you as a believer, if you as a person who follows the Lord Jesus Christ, you must make every effort to do what? Make every effort to protect your mind. You look at what is called the mob mentality. What do I refer to that as? What do I, what do I mean by mom mentality? Mom mentality is that you see everybody shouting. Hey, hey, you know, they are, they are everybody shouting and everybody making noise. And because we have lost our individuality, we too start shouting without even knowing why. If you want to test it, stand at the particular junction right we have right there, very close to the church there. Just start running and see if people will not join you. They will not know why you are running, but they will start running. And that is what we find. People express an opinion and everybody accepts that opinion without actually even knowing why that opinion was expressed in the first place. And if you are going to be a Christian that will be able to walk with the Lord with your mind intact, you must be able to do what? You must be able to protect and to guard the loins of your hearts. Nobody is, uh, at this point in time, you find out nobody stops long enough to ask any question anymore. When it appears in the news, it becomes a gospel truth. Okay? And unless you guard your heart, unless you guard your mind, you will be shot into the mindlessness of the mob. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening. Thank you.